Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host, Bill Bannum, and today I get a chance to chat with Dr. Benjamin Slade. Ben is a research and analysis lead in the talent strategy and engagement division of NASA. His responsibilities include business performance measurement, strategic workforce planning, data-driven program analysis, and predictive forecasting, including attrition modeling. He holds an MS degree in applied psychology and a PhD in industrial organization psychology from Clemson University with a focus on applied judgment and decision-making. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. It's good to be here. Please tell our listeners a wee bit about yourself and your role at NASA. Yeah, absolutely. So if I were to distill my job description into a single sentence, it's to help NASA make better decisions, particularly about workforce and people strategy. I started as a PhD intern at the Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland, about 10 years ago. And I've been working for NASA's corporate HR function since 2013 in uh, various workforce planning and HR research roles. I'm an IO psychologist by training to focus on applied judgment and decision-making. And I really got into the field of, of IO psychology because I love learning about the work that other people do, what they're passionate about, and particularly just the, the huge degree of variability and complexity and how people work and what they value. Uh, by working at NASA, of course, I'm exposed to a tremendous number of, of smart, interesting people doing challenging, difficult things. And I really feel fortunate to be in the role that I'm in, working with the great team that I work with and uh, at part of an organization. I really feel proud of our mission and what we are trying to accomplish. Okay, thank you very much. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Ben was a speaker at the recent People Analytics Canada Summit, of, of which uh, the HR Gazette was a media partner again. So I'd now like to focus the next few questions around that session that you recently gave and uh, some of the key learning outcomes from that. So firstly, in your recent session, you argued that expanding investment in people analytics will pay dividends for your organization, but there are ways you can gain new insights without a big budget increase, which I'm sure is music to the ears of many of our listeners. Can you give us an overview of why this approach is vital to smaller and also larger organizations? Sure. It's rare in any circumstance that you're going to have all the resources you need. And my experience, your curiosity and the the range of research questions you could explore is almost always going to exceed the capabilities that you have on hand or that you can purchase directly. So one way of uh, expanding your range and expanding your reach is to look for informal partners and for opportunities to explore those research questions that may not bubble to the very top of of your research agenda, but that are still valuable and helpful in order to in order to provide better insight to your HR community and to the senior leaders in your organization and to ultimately be able to tie it back to your business. Sometimes that looks like uh, acquiring skills that that you may not have in-house. Other times it may be uh, insight or access to uh, unusual data site uh, data sets or to people that you might not otherwise um, directly have in 
your chain of command, so to speak, but that could provide some really valuable perspectives as as you explore um, your the just the the realm of people analytics for your organization. You you also spoke about how to expand your network and where to find potential collaborators that that can bring key knowledge, skills, and capabilities to help you accomplish your goals. Please take a few minutes to share your experiences in in leading these efforts. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. So in my talk uh, at People Analytics Canada, I touched on four main areas where you can uh, seek out potential collaborators to, to bring those knowledge, skills, and capabilities. So the first area is actually uh, internal HR allies. So these are people that maybe are, or do not have a people analytics background or are not working uh, directly in your analytics group, but may have a deep subject matter knowledge of HR processes, organizational behavior and culture, uh, and your employee needs and resources. The curious subject matter experts provide a rich opportunity to harvest many testable research questions and evaluate whether commonly held beliefs have merit or whether they, they may just be a statistical artifact. I've found it tremendously valuable to partner with, uh, with functional leads or HR business partners, people in the field, to provide a sanity check for uh, research ideas or uh, to do some descriptive statistics for, for, for me and my team and to otherwise get their hands dirty. It's really a win-win because they're providing valuable perspective and drawing on their years or decades of experience in the field, uh, but they're also growing in their own capability to be analysts, to look at information empirically, and to, to gain an understanding of the research lifecycle so that they actually become better customers of our analytics products at the end of the day because they understand how that knowledge was derived and have a bit more uh, skin in the game in terms of in terms of actually expanding the the state of the art of our of our understanding of of our people uh, the second group that i touched on of potential collaborators is what i term technical allies so these are folks in fields that are not directly related to people analytics but are using skills that could be applied to people analytics so we have people at NASA with incredible data processing visualization skills who are used to modeling and depicting complex processes such as the topography and vegetation of Earth or seasonal changes in our atmosphere. We also have a very strong scientific and research community, and those folks are a goldmine of knowledge and insight on large-scale data processing, research design, statistical methods, and so on. So even if they don't come from a social sciences, people research background, they may have uh, skills that would really complement a, a people research team to, to plug some holes, to bring to bear some, uh, some analytical skills or visualization skills that we may not have in-house or may not have in the kind of volume we'd like to have in-house. Uh, a third opportunity for collaborators is academic allies. So these would include both interns that you could bring in potentially from uh, statistics background, IO psychology, business, economics, or so on, that may be able to provide the, the, the needs that you have for, for specific research projects 
at a fraction of the cost of, of other sources. They may be able to provide, uh, you know, cutting-edge, state-of-the-art research experience that that uh, your team may not have. And I found the best way to make sure that they come in at their up and running quickly is where possible to use open source tools such as such as R, such as Python, so that they are able to uh, get what they need and not get stuck in some sort of a procurement loop where they where they don't have the tools to succeed for their for their limited duration work. Uh, academic allies could also include researchers. If you have uh, a, a question that is uh, pertinent to your organization, uh, there may be an opportunity to to share some some aggregate data that they could use uh, uh, as a publication where you get the benefit of their research as well. We explored the possibility of doing this with, with telework, for example. Telework usage, trying to understand how does, uh, how does an increase in virtual and remote work impact uh, engagement in some other areas. Uh, if you're really lucky on the internship side, you may be able to uh, find a master's or PhD student that's particularly interested in, in the research question and they'll spend a couple of years uh, going much deeper than you could ever afford to and, and turn a thesis or dissertation out of it, which uh, you benefit from as well. And then finally, and this may be my, my favorite uh, group to work with, so it's hard, it's hard to pick one favorite, is uh, what I call strategic allies. So strategic allies are asking the same kinds of questions as you maybe coming at it from a different angle. They're not coming from within HR, but perhaps uh, they are interested in workforce. So one of my favorite partnerships that I've had at NASA was with the Strategic Investment Division of our CFO. Uh, division manages highly complex cost and schedule risk analysis for NASA's programs and projects, and they came to realize that workforce was one of our bigger risks for mission success. So we were able to work together to build some agent-based uh, forecasting products, um, combining our logistic regression forecasting models and understanding the workforce with their programming skills and experience with agent-based modeling. So by building a partnership with them, we really presented a united front for results and conclusions to senior leadership, and uh, we were able to collaborate to ensure that they were using the right kinds of inputs for the agent-based modeling simulations. So really a win-win there. Okay, thank you, Ben. So uh, you've just spoken there about the importance of working with um, outside partners and advisors and whatnot, as well as in-house. But you also suggested in your session that ultimately it's hard to substitute in-house knowledge and experience. So why will, in your opinion, experience and deep company knowledge always win out? So I believe that in order to provide the best decision support possible to senior decision makers, you truly have to understand the context and business goals of your organization. So if you can't articulate and tie your work back to those goals, then it will be challenging to gain the trust and perspective needed to be a wise counselor to the senior leaders. You don't need in-house knowledge for every skill and role on your team, but at the end of the day, it's critical to have a sanity check just to ensure that what you're saying makes sense, that it's tied in with the language of your organization, and that uh, the information and analysis which you're providing ultimately translates to influence and improves the average quality of decision for, for in our case, for NASA. Again, I, I don't want to overemphasize that or to say that it, it's impossible for people without that experience to contribute, because I think that there are 
many valuable ways that you can bring in someone that may not have either HR-specific knowledge or organization-specific knowledge, and they can provide tremendously valuable insight. But you really need an integrator at the end of the day who understands uh, the technical piece, understands the strategy, understands the business, and is able to pull all of that together and synthesize it to be practical and helpful to those that would be using that information. We are already coming towards the end of this particular interview. Before we wrap things up, a last couple of questions for you, Ben. Uh, firstly, I'd, I'd love to hear the top three things that you love about your job. And alongside that, I'd also love for you to share with uh, with our listeners any, any tips about how they can access any graduate programs from NASA in view of perhaps joining the wonderful organization themselves in the future. And I've been working with NASA for about 10 years. I started uh, actually with a summer internship through the through the education office at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland. And from there, I was able to get uh, what's now called a Pathways Civil Servant Internship at that same Space Flight Center. It was a, a great way for me to transition from my, from my PhD work at Clemson University and begin to get hands-on experience uh, working with real data sets, uh, embedded in an organization that, that cared about developing their employees and that was invested in seeing their interns succeed. So I would recommend uh, both the education office internships as well as the, the civil servant pathways internships that are run through our HR office. They're both great opportunities to get your foot in the door, work for a world-class organization, and uh, gain experience in a wide variety of fields. We offer internships and opportunities across uh, every part of our of our workforce, both the, the mission side and the mission support side of the house. As a matter of fact, I, I think this opportunity is closed, but Kennedy just offered, uh, just opened uh, about 25 internship opportunities down at, at, at Kennedy Space Flight Center in Florida. And there are opportunities uh, on, a, on a regular basis that are being opened. As far as the three things that I love the most about my job, so first off, I have to say uh, world-class people. The, the folks that come to work at NASA, both in the HR office and across the agency, are absolutely world-class. We've been recognized as one of the best places to work, the best place to work in the federal government for the last five years running, um, and that's because of the quality of the people and the compelling nature of the mission. Uh, having the opportunity to influence and uh, help enable uh, cutting-edge research in aeronautics, in science, in human exploration and operations in space technology is, is absolutely a, a wonderful reason to come into work every day. Second, I would say it is the opportunities to continue to develop and grow my own career. I've had the, the chance to go a little bit deeper on the data science side at different times. I've had the opportunity to work in you know, more traditional IO areas. And uh, there's been a lot of latitude and a lot of opportunity to continue to grow my own skills and uh, you know, not just stay in place, but, but gain leadership experience, gain technical experience, gain uh, mission pertinent experience. So that's been uh, a great thing. And third is just the, the chance to, to directly influence 
and provide decision support to senior leaders at the agency. Ultimately, you can do the most interesting analyses in the world and push novel cutting edge techniques for measurement or statistics or uh, data processing or visualization. But if you're not able to get that information into the right hands and really translate the, whatever you've done to, to influence decisions, uh, it's just, it's not, <laughs> it's not quite as impactful. And so the fact that uh, in my role and within uh, the Office of Human Capital, there is a, a willingness and uh, the opportunity to, to directly influence policy and help continue to make NASA the best place to work is, uh, is just a tremendous honor. Okay, and just finally for today, Ben, how can our listeners connect with you? Please reach out to me on LinkedIn. If you search Benjamin Slade NASA, I should be the first hit that pops up. I'm always interested in learning about what other people are doing in the field of people analytics. I would be happy to talk more about uh, the kind of work that I'm doing. And if, uh, if you have an interest in, you know, potentially being a collaborator and working together on something in the future, I'm always interested in learning about the work of others and, and connecting. And if there's an opportunity for us to, to partner on something, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. And that just leaves me for today to say Benjamin Slade, Program Analyst, Workforce Planning and Policy Division at NASA. Thank you very much for being a guest on the HR Chat Show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.